Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Alright everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. Excited to be here with you guys. Always a pleasure, Andrew. Ready? Ready and willing. This will be a good one. We've got Jake Olson on with us today. Another one of those stories you just like feel like a dirtbag just for getting up in the morning and not doing more. Thank you. More? More. Hi, dictionary salesman, huh? He must be one hell of a talker. <laughs> yeah. He shoots, <laughs> he shoots in the 70s in golf. That's insane. I don't. And he can't see. Well, I can't wait to get to this show. You guys are going to love it. But before we do that, we're going to do what we do every week. We're going to share a listener story. This week, we got one brought to you by Shaq from Australia. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to get this. I've been practicing my Australian voice. So I was going to try to do it in, in my best Australian accent. All right. You guys ready? Yep. <clears throat> let, me, let me get you ready. <clears throat> Red leather, yellow All right, leather. Here we go. Red, yellow, yellow leather. Marcus, Shaq from Australia, fresh from down under. Now, my story isn't one for the local paper or news network. However, the fundamentals of what I did subconsciously is adapt to the never quit mindset. I was a mechanic, a dirty old greasy mechanic. However, I had a mindset not like any other of the other apprentices. I was chasing financial freedom not to work as a mechanic for the rest of my life. So I went and asked the CEO of the business, how did you afford that BMW? He simply replied, not by being a mechanic. Come back at Smoko, first break, and I'll talk to you. So I did. I went in and he sat me down and asked me why I asked him that question so randomly. I told him I want to have financial freedom and nicer things to my name. His reply was blunt but powerful. Stop being a mechanic and find out what you can do whilst wearing a suit. So I did. I found sales and business development but it was a complete backflip to what I was used to. Being a salesman and business developer was something I heard a friend of a friend doing. Not anyone around me, so I was unsure of what even the hell these jobs would entail. However, I googled sales training Gold Coast, went and took training lessons four weeks straight and while still working full time. I went and had 28 interviews of which I was successful for 25 of them. I chose to be a car broker due to my mechanical history. The first one to two years, I almost gave up every single day. I hated it. I sucked. I was the worst one in the company at this job. I barely had the confidence to make another cold call. But it was a Thursday afternoon, 
2 p.m. and I found the Team Never Quit podcast. I was always interested in the SEALs and SF in general, and when I heard the story of Dom Razo, I stood up, threw my smoke on the ground, marched into my desk, grabbed my headset and phone with my leads to call, and that exact afternoon I closed two sales. Following day three, the day after that, three again, and before I could even notice what was going on, I was at the top, sitting above all 113 salesmen, some who have never been there for decades. Now, when I look back, I realized that I never gave up, ever. Did I want to? Yep, 100% every day. Did I do the absolute best I could every day? Yes, I did. I kept trying and trying, and now I am happy to say I've created a life for me and my family that I, that I thought could only be a dream at the age of 24. Thanks to you guys and your mantra, I kept pushing and I will always keep pushing until someone kills me. Thank you for changing my life. Your Aussie brother. Nice work. Solid. Great story. Solid, great story. Thanks for sharing that with us, brother. Morgan, that was a great I impression, I love man. Australia. I had the best time when I was there. The people there, just the overall attitude. I mean, that never quit mentality. It, it's, it's everywhere. That goes to show you, you don't know where you are what you're doing and what you want to do. All you got to do is it's all in you. All you got to do is flip the switch and we good. Yeah. Nobody knows what they're doing when they step into something in the beginning. Even if you read over it, you still got to apply it. People ask sometimes, man, how do you get to where you're at? And how did, how'd you get all this? The first thing is, man, just show up. That's it. Just show up on time, right? Show up on time. And that's where you, you meet the people and start to get the respect that, that you want and that they have and vice versa. I think it was a great story. I think you can apply yourself to, you know, whatever it is that you want to do and there's no such thing as it's impossible. I think just apply yourself and fake it until you make it. You literally got to take the step. Literally got to take the step. Yep, you got to take the step. First step. It's always the first step. And then once you're there and if it, su if it sucks and hard and hurts, take another one. Take another one. Keep going. Just keep going. As a good friend of mine said, you know, if you've got two knee replacements, just keep running until you get your next set. Yeah, yeah, because they always upgrade the tech. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, yeah, if you do, even if you take that first step and you get kicked in the chest and blown through the next wall, man, as soon as you crawl out of that wall and crawl back to the line, catch your breath, now you know that that's coming, you know, step around it. That really is not that bad. Yeah, and you can do it again. If there's one thing that I've learned, it's that sharing your story is a powerful thing. There are people out there that need a kick in the ass, and your story could be the one thing that changes their lives forever. So why don't you take a minute to share your story at teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast. Just click on the share your story button in the menu so we can encourage you along the way. Your story just might be shared on one of our upcoming episodes. All right, guys, it's that time again for our Patreon question of the day. Today's comes from Todd. Todd asks, what is the oldest weapon you've ever fired? Oh, I found a dragon off one time. Where? Overseas. Was it in the ground? Like where? Like in the ground? Oh, or? no, in a village. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how, how old. I say dragon, it kind of looked like that. Oh, no, we found a um, a musket. I tried to buy it from this village and he would not sell it to me. It had the big barrel and yeah. They had bedazzled it. Who came in before? No, no, it was a gun. Who came in before Russia? Turks? Maybe that's what it was. No. I don't know. They've been fighting for 2,000 years. Everybody took Somebody a dropped a musket in there. <laughs> Somebody dropped a musket. Somebody dropped a Hang musket. On. How about you, Marcus? All right, so I got to fire a, a cannon. No, you didn't. From the... Uh, no, you didn't. Yeah, that was cool. And um, that wasn't cool. <laughs> Should have had some air probe in. But anyways... All right, hang on for a second. Yeah, I'd have to say it would be a cannon. I got the 10-pounder, too. There you go. Turkey. Turkey and uh, Turkish. Okay, and this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to, I'm going to, Willis, Willis I'm going to, I'm going to Yahoo <laughs> Turkish musket. Maybe you can get one on eBay. So is the Ottoman Turks? Yes, that is exactly what it was. Turkish musket. I don't know if you knew this or not, but at, we, the United States fought in Afghanistan. When? I know. And then the United Kingdom, Germany, Italy, Georgia, Poland. See, not, Georgia was there. No, I know. Not, right? not they got that before we did. Poland, Romania, Turkey, Austria, and 
The Af- Afghanis fought in Afghanistan. Austria? Austria. Australia. There you go. Austria, they don't fight. List of wars involving Afghanistan. Let's see. To all of our readers in the United States, we will get straight to the point. Okay, going back. Let's make sure this is right before we post it. I got to fire one of those old 50 cows. No, you didn't. I was on a hunt. Buffalo hunt. Soviet Union, the British Empire. You said it was bedazzled up? Was it bedazzled yeah, up like that? Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, that's why I wanted it. Yeah, it looked just like this guy right there. Show him brother that one. That's what exactly what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Like Coral Snake. 1784-85. This just turned into a big Google Fest. I'm not using Google. I don't know if they fought against Turkey or Turkey was fighting with them against somebody. You know, we need to figure that out. Afghanistan-Turkey relations. Okay, so Alexander, that musket was from the 1700s, and Alexander rolled through there in 330 B.C. Probably not a gun. Could have been. You don't know that. (laughs) 330? Mm. Todd, I think you got more than what you asked for, buddy. As a war against Great question. Persia. <laughs> really got the, in, the intellectual juices flowing. Hang on, we got, we got some maps. So coming. Alexander died in 323, and his Afghan son... Well, to be said... Did not live to... One inherit. of his forts are still in Afghanistan, and there's a gigantic um, cell tower in the middle of it now. <laughs> As my Australian mates would say, that's not a knife, mate. Or more appropriately, that's not a gun, mate. That's a sword. Shut up. That could be one of the greatest one-liners. One-liners. Nobody's ever pulled a knife on me, though. I've been waiting. They've been carrying a... Patiently. A machete. I'm going to break out my katana <laughs> and hit him right in the face with it. That's what my brain tells me to do. While Alexander the Great conquered the Persian Empire like a hot knife through butter, it took him years to pacify the region of Afghanistan. He only brought it into his empire by wedding the daughter of a tribal leader. I bet if you spend a day with old Spencer Stone, you'll get a knife pulled on you. <laughs> Golly, that kid. What? <laughs> right? Old Spencer Stone, man, just can't catch a break. He's on that train. The train to Paris. Paris. And then he had all this <laughs> oh, knife pulled yeah, on him. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, in L.A.? Oh, yeah. Poor kid. I shot a slingshot once. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Was it old? It was old. I shot a Turkish musket. In Afghanistan. I don't know when it got there. I don't know how it got there. I don't care. All I know is the dude wouldn't give it to me or sell it to me. I guess he knew what $3 American looked like. <laughs> he, knew it was cool, he knew American history. He knew the difference between I mean, George it was, Washington it, I mean, and it Benjamin was, Franklin. It was, it was head to toe bedazzled. You know how they do? They, they decorate Blink. all the they decorate Oh, yeah, all they're the all blinged up. Even the AKs. Even the trucks. The jingle trucks? Jingle trucks. Jangle. Jangalang. Jangalang. I mean, the front of that truck looks like... I'm not saying I didn't steal a jingle truck one time. <laughs> but I was I'm in an area where one of them got not saying that. I was in... Uh, I've ridden in one. Let's put it to you that way. I borrowed one? No. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> if you guys want exclusive access to the show, bonus behind-the-scenes content, join us on Patreon. You're going to get exclusive access to the Patreon community where you can support each other. You get rare access to Morgan, Marcus, and all of our incredible guests. Head over to patreon.com slash teamneverquit and join what we've got going on. Ask your questions, and you might have your question answered on the next show. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Give us a little background, a little history of you, where you come from, and then... uh Start to obviously climb right on into the kind of the, the first, the only, the first and foremost, the, the only, the first Division One blind collegiate athlete to play in a game, correct? Yes. Yep. All right. Go from there, buddy. All right. Well, I was born in Huntington Beach, California, and I was raised here, been here ever since. Obviously, 
I'm 22 years old, so I was born in 97, and that was right before Coach Carroll um, became, obviously, the iconic guy that he is in L.A. now, and started paying attention to football as I grew older, and um, definitely grew up a huge USC fan just based on the success of the USC Trojans, that we obviously have an NFL team, so it was kind of just college football and I, I for sure wasn't going to be rooting for UCLA. So, um, <laughs> did you have, did your parents grow? Did you have football in your family? Did your dad play? Or... Um, he played in high school, but not 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 at a collegiate level. But he he's, he was a big guy. I mean, he played more basketball than anything. But he went he got his MBA from USC, and that's where kind of that Cardinal and Gold got my blood, regardless. But um, when I was eight months old, I was diagnosed with retinoblastoma in both eyes, and the doctors found it late, so it had already grown to a point in my left eye where they couldn't really even save my left eye, and they were afraid that it would spread, and so they removed my left eye, which removes the cancer, but obviously you you remove the eye, so you, you, know, you forfeit your eyesight in that eye. And so grew up with just one eye. It was only about as half, half as bad in my right eye, and so we fought it, and it went away, and then pretty much from about a year old to 12 years old, it was just a constant cycle of that cancer coming back, what are we going to fight it with, and, you know, we threw everything we could at it. But after the eighth time that it came back at the age of 12, it was a different message in that they told me I had maxed out on chemotherapy, I'd maxed out on radiation, um, the localized treatments wouldn't work anymore, even the experimental treatments we used. So, I mean, everything we threw at it, we, we could, um, we did. And at this point, then it became, okay, well, it's either we can try to fight it with something that we know is not going to work and play, roll the dice on, you know, if it doesn't control it, if it doesn't cure it, then it, it will definitely spread. And, that, and that, you know, at that point, then I'll lose my life. Or, you know, we can remove this eye, um, which obviously rids the cancer, but uh, again, it, it forfeits the eyesight. And you know, at that point, it was my only eye, meaning I have to go completely blind. And so that was obviously a tough message to hear. I, you know, remember just how frustrated I was, just because you know, I I just fought this cancer eight times. I I lived my whole entire childhood pretty much in a hospital to fight this cancer. It just wouldn't go away. And you know, I pushed through all the treatment, and because. I didn't want to lose my eyesight because I didn't want to lose that eye. I wanted to beat this cancer, and at the end of the day, just to be told I was going to have to lose my eyesight to this cancer anyway, it was just it was very frustrating. Um, I was sad. I remember it's kind of thinking, like, that I am a 12-year-old. I have an entire life ahead of me. You know, I hopefully have 70, 80 years plus of living, and, like, to think of all the things that I was now going to miss, not seen like my wedding, my my future kids, and myself graduate from high school or college. Um, that was really sad, and I couldn't get those thoughts out of my mind. You know, I for a month and a half of knowing I was going to go blind to the surgery date. Um, there was just a lot of hard times of just constantly thinking this is the last time I'm going to be able to see this. this is the last time I'm going to be able to see that. Um, and obviously, just that pressure that that day looming ahead. Um, but I also was gifted with a lot of amazing opportunities, one of those being, as the, you guys have seen the story, Coach Carroll inviting my family and me to a USC practice, which became much more than a practice. I mean, it became just a, a uh, awesome experience that was full of love and support and joy. Um, that team wrapped their arms around both my family and me. Like I said, Coach Carroll became a mentor, a hero to me. Um, you know, they were just there for me. They they absolutely made going through that experience a whole lot better in the sense that whenever I was with them, it just I I didn't focus on what was going to happen. I just it was an it was an escape, um, and it was just something that I'll never ever be able to repay Coach Carroll for. But uh, but absolutely, it it made me part of that family. Nothing else. I obviously went blind. I mean that that day did come, and it was a tough day, but continued to push forward. I kind of made that decision um, coming home that day from the hospital that I wasn't going to let blindness stop me, that, yeah, I, I understood this was going to be a very difficult road ahead. It was going to be a, a learning process every single day of getting back to just living normal life. You know, you think about everything you got to relearn how to do, including just walking around with a cane and learning how to read and write again with Braille. I mean, there's just, it's a different way of living. Um, and and it, I understood it didn't mean I couldn't live. It didn't mean I, I, 
would have to stop living. It just means meant there was a different way of living. And so for me, it was just pushing forward and take, taking every day with stride, having that flexibility and adaptability of just, okay, this is fr- frustrating. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but let's find out a way. Um, and I, I didn't want to let blindness rob me of uh, a meaningful and purposeful life. And so I kept being a kid. I kept having fun. I kept playing sports. Um, when I went to high school, I didn't play my freshman or sophomore year. I actually kind of went against my word there. I, I let blindness stop me from playing the game that I loved, which was football. Um, but about almost the end of my sophomore year of high school, I said, you know, this is something I promised myself I wouldn't let happen, and I'm not going to look back on high school, regret not playing ball. And so picked up the uh, the pigskin, figured out there's a, there is a position out there for me that I can play, and that was long snapping. And so I practiced really hard that summer going into my junior year, showed up, my junior year for fall camp and earned my spot in varsity was a starting long snapper. Played two years in high school. Again, kept that relationship with USC. So I was up there visiting practice as a recruit now just because I played high school football. And Coach Sarkeesian at the time said, you know, Jake, I've seen you out there snapping. You plan on coming here. We'd love to have you on the team as a long snapper. And uh, <laughs> that was something I could not pass up. I definitely wanted to make that my, my reality once that thought was put in my head and I practiced hard again got the grades got into USC and then obviously joined the team and then from that standpoint had to work hard for two years to just proving myself putting on a lot of muscle the doctors were kind of giving me grief they didn't want me to go out there and get hurt so I made sure I beefed up enough to where if they said that they looked crazy if anyone looked at me they'd be like how's this guy gonna get hurt yeah you went um, from like 180 to 230 right 245 some of that yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm not, that was just where I wanted to go. I, I, again, I, I, I was going to make sure that if that was what they were going to bitch about, that that wasn't going to be, that, again, they were going to look crazy if they mentioned that. So I did, and then eventually got my, you know, opportunities out there on the football field to go snap, and it was just an amazing, amazing feeling of just the culmination of hard work, but also just the love and support that I felt from Trojan family and just college football and sports fans around the world. You know, a lot of them, saw my first story when I was at the age of 12. So to see me out there snapping, you know, eight years later was just, uh, like I said, it was, it was um, and just joyous moment for all of us that were part of that story. And especially for me, just being out there with, again, that, that same logo on my helmet and uh, my jersey that helped me eight years ago get over, again, what was one of the toughest things I've ever had to go through. That game, yeah, the game, that, that had to be a roller coaster. We covered a lot of material. I, I got two questions I want to ask you, brother, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So you you had your eyesight for for twelve years. I've always been curious about this, and and I can't imagine you know knowing one day you're going to walk in and you're going to the next time you wake up it's gone. Do you, what what do you so when I close my eyes I see colors shapes. What what is it? Is there like just a black void for you? Is it bright? Is it, how, how does that how does that work? Well, so actually, I can answer that in two ways because I, I've I've been kind of I have half and half of both worlds. Where someone who's never seen to someone who has seen. So um, in my left eye, there's nothing. I mean, it's not. I mean, that part of my brain just never developed. You know, I never saw really saw that left eye. It was taken at such a young age that that part of my brain never developed. So that I mean, it's really just nothing. Um, you know, it's not black. My right eye, um, it's not a black void. I mean, like a lot of people think like, oh, it's like walking in a dark room where all you do is see black and, you know, whatever. But you have to understand, like, when you do go into a dark house or a dark room, you are still seeing black. Like, you, I mean, you're not seeing, obviously, what's there, but you are seeing something and not just black. So when you lose your eyesight, like when you're just blind, you're not seeing anything. So it really is just your mental, you know, your mental It's like a mental imagery. picture. It's okay. Like, kind of thinking of, of a dream or just, like you said, kind of just what's in your mind, your mind's eye. Um, and so that, that's what that's what you kind of see. So, I mean, it's, it's almost like just picturing what you would see. And, it, you know, it's a little more vivid than if I just asked you to think about, like, what, what dream you had last night um, because it's actually kind of there in your eyesight. But, again, it's not, it's not actually based on color. Um, I mean, you can see color, but it's not like, again, it's not like a black or like a red or yellow or whatever just because it's, it's so um, – I mean, that's still seen, you know. All right, did, that's that's interesting. Did they did they have to take or did you lose your optic nerves when with the cancer and with the surgeries? 
Yeah, so they kept the optic nerve, so they, they uh, just removed the, the eye and the retina because retinoblastoma, the, the tumor is located in the retina. Um, so they were able to leave the optic nerves there. So, yeah, there's, there's the optic nerve there. And, um, you know, I've definitely just talked to someone who are already creating technology where they put a little chip there on that optic nerve. Um, and there's a camera and stuff. So, I, I, look, I always said this. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this now. Obviously, you've been around. Yeah, I think I definitely think in my lifetime there will be something where I can see again. I, I do believe that. that. That's exactly where I was going with that. If you still have that optic nerve, I, I honestly truly believe you're 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 spot on. I, I think in the very near future, hopefully you'll get an opportunity to get that back. Man, that would just be. Whew. I know that'd be crazy. I, I really got to be careful on who I marry. Then you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately for you, man, you're oh, going to yeah. see the beauty on the inside first, right? <laughs> exactly. No, I I I, I, I don't. I don't think that will ruin anything. I just, uh, it, it, it would be funny to think about that. Because it's tough growing up with, uh, when, as, when you have eye problems. Because that's the first thing kind of kids focus on. My brother and I, our eyes were messed up real bad when we were born because we were twins. And um, it can be pretty brutal. And we had both of ours. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of them deals. Your, your attitude's so upbeat and your, your focus is, where'd that, where'd that come from? Well, you know, I, I think I'm a, I'm a twin too. Actually, I have a twin sister. Um, but that's I think, why we love you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I think I was born stubborn. I really do. I, I'm just kind of a stubborn guy in, in, in nature, and, and you know, my friends will say that's my best and worst quality. But you know, I think when you do face you know things at a young age, I think kids are are very special in that where they, they do build resiliency really fast. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, kids go through a lot and they're able to, to push through. Um, and I think I just became battle tested at, at an early age. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think I overcame blindness. I, you know, I said I was a 12 year old who was obviously, like I told you, very frustrated, angry, sad, scared. You know, my future was uncertain, but I also was a 12 year old who's like, okay, I just, I just faced cancer for 12 years. I, I was in the hospitals throwing my guts up because of chemo. I was going to the hospital every day to receive radiation. I, I, I was the first kid at CHLA where I stayed awake during radiation. They didn't have to put me to sleep every day. I said, you know, I'll just remain still. Like, just trust me. Like, I, I went through all that stuff, and I said, okay, if I can go through that, I mean, that's, that's hard as well. This is going to be a new challenge and a different challenge, but that doesn't mean I have to approach it any differently in what, what I was going to do, which is just keeping a positive attitude through it, understanding that, there's going to be great things that come of it, you know, remain grateful through it all, um, understanding that I'm still me, I'm still Jake, I still have the capability to go out there and, like I said, live a life that I want to do um, and live, and, and that includes understanding I'm still an athletic guy, I still have a really capable, intelligent mind where I can go in the classroom and remain in a normal classroom and get good grades. So all that stuff is just kind of put in perspective and it's saying, all right, look, like I said, this is going to be a lot different, but by no means does it have to ruin my life. Yeah, you're a true testament. Not only yeah, not only a, a Division One athlete, but graduated with honors. I mean, I wish people I wish people would take hard note of it. Once if somebody if you lose something, they if, like if you're just an athlete. And that's all you focus on. They, somebody takes that away from you. Your life's not over. You can turn that around and become an elite athlete in academics. You had you fortunately did both, which is over the top impressive. Yeah, all you need is to drive. Well, yeah, no, I mean that's what you know. Like I said, I I tell people all the time, like. You know, if, if you're if you're an athlete and you blow out your knee, like sure, maybe 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 you're not a star tight end anymore. Like that, maybe that was taken away from you. But doesn't mean you don't you have to stop enjoying the game of football. Go become a coach. Go become a color commentator. Go be around a program that you love. Be an athletic director. Like what, whatever it is. I mean, there's so many things. Like I understood when I went blind, I was never going to be a star quarterback of a high school football team. I was never going to be a star receiver of a high school football team. But does that mean I have to sit there and feel? sad and angry every Friday night because I can't be out there and play. No, I'm just going to have to figure out a different way where I can enjoy the game that I love. And I was through long snapping. Yeah. You, you were the one of one that took the leap that showed everyone else how to get there. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it definitely like one of the great things about it was, you know, I, I think just being out there and something I'm, I feel honored and blessed with is that I can go out and play a game that I love and inspire people by doing it, which is, you know, obviously, uh, benefit of doing it. It's not why I do it. You know, I, I do it because I love the game, but in the, it, it does inspire people and that makes it so much better. I got a question, man. And it, I don't even know if I'm going to ask this the right way. But that, that day that you went in to get your surgery to have that, when, like when you closed your eyes and then, 
I mean, you knew you were closing them. That next morning, was it as bad as you thought it was going to be, or? Um, well, so, I mean, you know, like, again, it was, you know, it was a surgery, so, it was, you know, I, I remember, like, it was, I mean, that whole morning was just very rough, and, um, I, you know, I remember all the nurses and doctors knew me, I, you know, I, I spent so much time there that, you know, all of them pretty much knew me, I kind of, I called them my posse, you know, I had a, a posse of, of nurses that would always be there, anesthesiologists that I knew very well that, you know, was there for countless surgeries, and so, um, you know, everyone was crying, which, you know, it was just a very sad. I mean, like I said, we all we all fought so hard, um, and it just it felt unfair. And so I remember, you know, the nurse was crying, and she put my IV in, and then it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, like here's this propofol. Like, let me know when you want me to push it, because again, you know, as soon as that goes in, and I I fall asleep when I wake up, like I'm you know blind. Um, and so it was tough. I mean, I, I she's like, let me know when you're ready, and I. I I remember just remember thinking like I don't like how am I supposed like I, I don't know I can't tell you when I'm ready like it's not I'm never gonna be ready you know um, and but you know obviously I said okay and um, you know it's tough but when I woke up like I was obviously uh, I was obviously highly medicated so, you <laughs> know it was, uh, I didn't feel as as sad in the moment that maybe you'd expect but. One of one of the things I really did recognize almost immediately, though, again, I found out on October first I was gonna have to go blind, and on over November twelfth is when I went blind. Okay, so you know it's forty three days or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, one of the things that was so much of a, like I said, a, a burden on my back was the constant thought of, oh my gosh, I have. 20 days of scene. Now I have 10 days of scene. This is the last time I'm going to be able to see this. Oh my gosh, what's it going to be like? I'm so scared. So when I woke up and I, you know, I realized right away I was blind. Um, you know, again, it was, it was like, it wasn't this like overwhelming sadness that overcame me. It was almost, there was some parts where it was a relief of like, okay, this, this has happened. This is done, a done deal now. Um, my cancer's gone. I'm not going to have to deal with that shit anymore. And I'm just going to go and live my life now. And that's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to, again, adapt or relearn how to do a lot of this stuff. But my life's going to move on. And I know I'm going to have amazing opportunities that come my way. Um, and I'm just going to keep pushing forward. And so that's what I did. And there wasn't that burden on my back anymore of, like, the pending doom of becoming blind. I was blind. That was my new life. And now it's time to live that life. Um, and so, believe it or not, that was kind of the feeling that really was with me that night as I fell asleep. What was the last thing you saw? Did the family, did you guys, you and the family travel quite a bit? Just, I mean, I would think like, hey, look, I got to see this before, before I can't yeah. see it. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we did a lot of special things and, you know, family, family definitely came. I mean, I, I don't know. The last thing I, I really probably saw was just the, the, the whiteness of the ceiling um, of the hospital. But, you know, both my, my parents were both there um, and, you know, just uh, seeing them for the last time and stuff. I mean, that's, that's, those those images I probably remember more than the whatever the last thing I saw was. Yeah, man, it's like how you when you woke up was when you started to see the life that you took control of after that was now. amazing, right? Yeah, no, I mean definitely. I think uh, I, I definitely think there's there's vision on the outside and there's vision on the inside, and um, my vision on the inside became a lot a lot clearer once I uh, locked out of that hospital, understood my life and what I needed to do and what I wanted to do, and um, I, I totally agree with that. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Let's walk the listeners through this because uh, the game day special, very moving. My wife, I showed it to my wife this morning actually, and she was she started crying. Can you walk us through the Western Michigan? Because that was the first time you actually got to go out and 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 right. long snap for 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 the Trojans and. 
Hell, I mean, you know, I even I try not to get teary eyed, but I was getting choked up too. <laughs> I was mean, so proud of you, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I was like, yes, I felt like I actually won. It was awesome, but uh, I'm sorry. So, no, I mean that's what a lot of people felt. But I thought it was so cool, but no, I mean it was. I I actually started practicing a lot more in just the weekly practice. Actually, the, the year prior we went to the Rose Bowl, and uh, I remember I was starting practicing a lot leading up to the Rose Bowl or Rose Bowl practices. And uh, I remember Coach Helton didn't come up to me, but the starting long snapper did Zach, and he said basically he's like, hey, um, you know, Coach wants you to really warm up. He goes, like, the opportunity comes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, well, I don't know. If, I don't know if the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, would be the very first place I would want to snap in a college football game. But, you know, I was, I was ready for it if it did occur. Um, but it didn't happen that game. Um but I remember heading into the next season in that fall camp, I started obviously ramping up practice even more. And then Coach Houghton came to me. It was actually the Tuesday or Wednesday of that week and just basically said, hey, um, you know, we're, we're definitely going to you in this game. And so just mentally prepare yourself. You got this, but I just want to you know, let you know that we are absolutely getting, getting you in. And so um, I just practiced hard that week. Just had a great week of practice, and uh, I don't. You know, you're nervous heading into the game, obviously, but it's it's good nerves. It's not like, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing, or oh man, like I don't I don't know how it's going to go. Just like I want this to happen. Like when is it going to happen? And then, you know, obviously you run out there. But one of the cool things is that one, and you guys know this too. I mean, like when when I had that ball in my hand, it's you know what you're doing. Like when you're, I hear this all the time from military personnel. It's just like when you're in that when you're in that position, I mean, you train for that. I mean, that's what, that's what you are. It's not like a big deal when you're in it. You just, that's what you train for. Um, and I, I know you could probably speak a lot more to that, but you know, in that moment, that's what it's kind of, there's a piece there that, Hey, I know what I'm doing, but two, I mean, there's just an overwhelming joy as well. Just like, Oh my gosh, this is finally happening. Like mm-hmm. this is actually happening. Um, you know, to be honest with you, like I really didn't even care what happened. Like, if I snapped the ball over the, the holder's head 20 yards, like I don't really even care just because I knew I was out there. I knew I worked to be out there. I knew all the hard work that went into that, and I wasn't going to let the result of that play like determine my feelings of going out there. Yeah, like, I just was you. so sure. happy. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you what everyone's going to remember about that. The game, who won, who lost. They'll remember that that happened. Oh, was the USC one, it was it yeah, a perfect, it saying, perfect man, snap. It, right? it was a perfect snap. I mean, textbook. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was just awesome. I mean, it really was just, just awesome being out there. And, you know, again, my teammates all felt just overwhelmed. The, 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 all the fans felt overwhelmed. I mean, it was just, it was so cool. Even I mean, the other team so, was all about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, because, you know, they see me practice. I mean, they're just all forged. I mean, they, again, they wanted it just as badly as I did. And it was just something that was so, so fun to be able to do. It was, it was addicting. As, as soon as I snapped and it ran off the field, I'm like, oh man, I want to get back out there and do it again. <laughs> oh yeah, huh. I'm sure. So the, the the pinnacle for for your long snapping was we finally got in the game, but you're you're almost a scratch golfer. Yeah, I do. Uh, what I, what the hell's going on here, man? Because mm-hmm, <laughs> my brother and I went, between us have four eyes and we <laughs> not scratch. Oh man. No, I, it, that's, I mean, honestly, that's, um, that's my main sport and it's definitely something that after losing my eyesight, I wanted to, I want to make sure I didn't, I didn't give up. Um, and so I found a way to go out there and figure out, Hey, how my dad's going to line me up, how we're going to do this. And then it was just focusing on my swing, which needed a lot of work, um, just to make solid contact again with the ball. You know, we started from square one pretty much after losing my eyesight. So just building up, and then eventually you you put shots together. And it's just, I mean, unbelievable hard work that goes into that. A lot of a lot of frustrating times, trust me. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of frustrating times. Um, but like anything, you, you learn from it. You learn from every bad shot. I've been able to tap into... Just my body, my ability to feel my swing and everything that goes in there to a, to an extent that I, I really didn't think I would be able to. It's just it's really amazing to feel your swing, to understand what's going on in your swing, um, trusting your swing. I mean, there's so much trust that goes into that. But um, but no, I mean, it's, it's a really sweet, sweet 
feeling to go out there and hit a ball, you know, 300 yards to go out there and score. I mean, it, it, it is something that is a freeing feeling just because I know obviously my dad's lining me up, but I know it's me. You know, I know it's, it's just like, I enjoy the camaraderie of football a ton. I enjoy the team, but you know, I, I, Long snapping is like this a little bit too, where I mean, it is your snap, but I mean, the kick, if the kick's good or not, I mean, that's, that's entirely up to the kicker, where, you know, if you're out there playing golf, I mean, every shot's pretty much you, and I think that's why so many people get frustrated with it, because it, it, it is such a personal, like, who, who are you blaming, you know, mm-hmm. like the ball, the glove, like, it, no, it's you, man, and that's, I think that's what frustrates so many people, and, and it is frustrating, but it also is so gratifying when you, uh, you, you do well because, you know, you put that practice and you put the work in. You are out there achieving and showing yourself what you can do. Yeah, it's, all, it's kind of eliminated the, the existential. Well, all that noise around you focused on the mechanics, right? It's just mus- muscle memory. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I mean, I, I definitely think there's something to be said about that, of, you know, not, not worrying about the water, not worrying about the sand trap, not worrying about the tree, whatever, just understanding what shot you got to make feeling that shot, the mechanics of that shot, and just producing it, you know, under under whatever shot or stress you're under. It's just like, hey, this is what you got to do. Don't worry about anything else but doing that and, and trust that, you know, you're swinging, that ball's going to go where you want it to go. I hate you. <laughs> Never works out for me like that. Man, you should write a book, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're in, your se- you're in your second book, yeah? No, I know. That's my point. I hate the, the, the knowledge that... And that's you can tie quit, like quit bitching. Yeah. <laughs> you know... It definitely. One of my one of my coaches said that um, all excuses are are ways you cheapen yourself, and and I, I I believe in that in the sense that you know you go out there and you say oh like I can't hit this shot because I can't see the ball like well that's an excuse you're making that you're cheapening yourself no like I I know my value as a golfer I know I can I can hit that shot so don't point at blindness or whatever because you can't hit that shot like no figure out a way where you can hit that shot and I think a lot of people can use that in their lives where whatever whatever they're going through, like whatever challenges they're facing. And again, there's, there's the absolute pressure and the, uh, I guess the, the tendency to use an excuse and you can use an excuse, but all you're doing is cheaping yourself. And like, instead believe in yourself, if you fail, oh, well, learn from it and keep going. Cause you know, you can eventually do it. What's your best golf score? Don't say like 68 um, or something like that. Crazy. I, yeah, I, my best golf score is a 78 uh, for 18, but I, um, you know, I've had over the last couple, I guess, weeks or months here. I've, I, I playing playing nine. I've, I've, I have 138 and 137 in my pocket right now. So I, I, I unfortunately couldn't continue to play a full 18 on those days. But, um, but you know, I don't, I don't know what would have happened on those days. Mm. I mean, that that's an amazing way to explain that to you. Literally, whatever it is that you're whatever problem that you're having in your golf swing is an excuse. Just get rid of it. Like a lot of times you're looking, you can't see the ball or you can't see where he's well, man, imagine if you didn't have that ability anyways, it wouldn't end this game. So you just have to use this and then you have to use that and to perfect each one of those to where you notice all the mechanics and how it comes together. And then it's a step-by-step process. Yeah. You know, people are always, you know, they joke with me, like you got to give me tips. I'm like, well, you know, my, my main, my main tip is this. It's just like, a lot of golfers go out there and I mean, you know, obviously you're just having fun. You're having fun. But if you, I mean, if you really do want to improve your golf game, a lot of golfers go out there and, you know, stuff starts to go awry. You're hitting the ball left and right and left and right. And, and no one takes really the time to really understand why the ball is doing that. You just, you go to the next shot and you try to hit it straight. It's like, okay, that's fine. But what happened on your last shot? Like, you know, let, let's, let's feel what happened. I mean, if, if I yank a, a, a shot did my chest get out in front of that ball? Like, was my tempo where, you know, I was just way out in front of that and that created my, you know, arms to kind of pull through it? Or did my wrist break down right after contact? You know, what, what happened there? And then once you realize that, then you can go to your next shot and, you know, try to, try to feel that where that doesn't happen. But I think a lot of people miss, miss that initial step of, like, they just don't care. Like, oh, I hit it to the right. That sucks. Now let me go, let me go try it again. It's like, well, wait, you're, you're missing a whole step here. That, that ball went right for a reason you know yeah i totally do that <laughs> all right so so let's recap this one just so i can get my head around all this division one athlete honors graduate 70s golfer raced a nascar <laughs> two books what 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 is what is, what what are you doing now bro 
Well, you know, I am working on my golf game with Tommy. That's that's something, you know, I I uh I want to see if I can get to to scratch or really close to it. Just I you know, I would love to see how far I can take my golf game. I think that'd be really cool. Um, you know, I'm one of the most I guess fulfilling things I'm doing currently just going around and speaking and being able to influence people's lives. I mean, I've been given such a great platform and such a a uh again it's a privilege to go out there and and be someone that people can look up to and so i definitely had those people in my life you know coach carroll was a huge one of the uh a huge individual in my life where when i was going through what i was going through was a voice in my ear of you know win forever always compete you know not not letting the circumstances dictate your success but you know going and, and pushing through that and, and and working hard and you know all that stuff and so um and so there was a I want to be that voice to other people, and you know, very fortunately, I, I have been. I want to continue to do that, so I speak a ton, um, you know. But I definitely want to to see where I can take my golf game. Like I said, I, I started this business, which is really cool. Um, it's Engage, um, Let's Engage dot com, which is really really cool. Um, we're, we're doing some cool things up there, and that that's a whole different realm of of frustration and and overcoming challenges. And is in the business world, being an entrepreneur, man, I tell you, there's there's definitely things that happen creating a business that you just you, you want to pull your hair out and uh maybe some people do and that's why my manager's bald but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun though but definitely definitely that's that's still in in the works and i don't know just seeing kind of where i want to take my life i mean I, I obviously i'm a huge sports fan um always always have been and i never want to get away from sports so you know i'm 22 years old so i obviously got to a long way to go, but you know, I don't know if in the future, being some type of broadcaster or TV personality with with covering sports, I mean, you can do anything always... you want to do. Uh, I'm sure yeah. you figured that out by now. <laughs> no, well, so you know, that's where I am. But I'm, I'm definitely happy with what I'm doing right now, and it's, it's again, it's a very satisfying, fulfilling, fulfilling, um, you know, life I'm living, which which is is exactly what I wanted it to be. You're a living example of the inspiration. I don't have to, I mean, see it on TV or read it in a book. When you show up and do your thing, that's awe-inspiring. Because you're like, you were like the skinny kid. Uh, for every skinny kid, oh, I, I, you know, I was going to be skinny my whole life. Nope. I worked out. I worked hard. Got in the gym. Got to where I needed to be. I wanted yeah, to be man. a Division One athlete. I was a Division One athlete. I wanted to be an honors grad. I was an honors grad. Yeah, Mojo and I had to take anthrax to grow this big. <laughs> yeah. How, how tall are you? How tall are you exactly? I am, I'm going to say 6'4". I'm just shy of 6'4", and USC never, everyone makes the joke, oh, he's, you know, 6'6 six, six in the program, or, you know, like 6'2 <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the roster or whatever. It's like, I never, I never got that benefit of the doubt. I, I was always listed as 6'3", and I'm so much closer to 6'4 than 6'3". It's not even funny, and I, I just, they never gave me it. I'm so pissed, but I'm 6'4". Okay, yeah, you're the same size and build as me and brother. Yeah, yeah we didn't grow like everybody else either. Yeah, we were late no. bloomers. We were five six, five six when we were eighteen. Really? Yeah, yeah. I remember my boot camp ID said I was one hundred and seventy five pounds. I think I graduated SEAL training at one hundred and and eighty five or one hundred ninety pounds. Seal, no, oh man, seal, buds. Oh, yeah, buds. Yeah. yeah Actually, our high school story football altogether. coaches. We came back after a few years in the military. They're like, "Oh my god, yeah, where are you guys I, at?" In high we school? ran into them at Outback <laughs> Steakhouse, and they're like, "What in the heck?" <laughs> Anthrax, man. I, I grew, like, one of the reasons my golf game was, was so jacked up for a while, too. I, you know, I went blind at the age of 12. I was, I was about probably 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, when I went blind. And then literally within the next year, year and a half, I grew to, like, six foot. So I grew, like, six inches. So my, my little kid swing around my body wasn't working anymore for me out there. So that's one of the reasons why we really had to change that, too. But I was, I was tall going to high school, but my dad, he was – he went into high school like you guys – or into college like you guys. He was, like – only probably five eight or five nine or something. Um, and by the time he came back from from college, um, his freshman year back home for the summer, he was six four. So like he he grew a ton his freshman year as well. That was one of the cool parts about having the twin next door. You could see yourself. Yeah. Is your sister, you guys, yeah you what's your What's your sister do? She tall? Yeah, Emily. Emily she's she's about five ten, so she's tall oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, we're identical twins. He's actually taller than me, but I'm I'm six four on a good day. He's Not a little taller, probably. Man, that's awesome, dude. I'm glad you, I had the best time with you on this, uh, learning about your story, man. How do we? How do we? How do folks follow you? What can we? Um, what can we promote for you? You got your two books, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just my 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 Twitter and Instagram handle are, are both 
um, at Jake Olson 61. Um, and you know, I, I pretty much use use Instagram and Twitter a lot, so you know, keep up with me there. Um, you know, my in, my in both my social media handles, there's you know stuff where you can contact me. But you know, um, probably the best way to contact me is, is just going to my social media handles and and clicking on my uh, my link in my profile there and there's a lot of different ways you could contact me so i mean i, I say that's probably the best way to do it perfect well, man just you keep living your adventures and keep writing your own stories because there'll be tons of people out there ready to read them trust me well thank you man i uh, like likewise with you guys i mean obviously your your story is, is very inspiring as well and touched me when i saw it and it, it's something that uh is a great lesson for anyone who's you know, like me going through uh your troubles is to keep fighting on not giving up and so i appreciate what you guys do as well i, I got I, i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something buddy uh this morgan so I, I i'm a ut grad i'm a longhorn through and through so you can obviously understand that little the, the little little hiccup in the yeah. game up there but you have yeah. you yeah. have made me just a little bit more of a usc fan because i wasn't one at all <laughs> well, that that means a lot. I understand that because I I make the joke, and it might be true. I'm not even sure. There's always there are always some truth to jokes. But I said, you know, I I faced cancer for 12 years and went blind at the age of 12, and still the worst the worst memory of my childhood was losing to Texas in that Rose Bowl. <laughs> best game, best game <laughs> in the history of college so football. Awesome, man. Lord. <laughs> oh man! Hey, right, thanks again, partner. We sure appreciate you hanging out with us. All right, thanks guys so much. It's been fun. No, it's always, man, hearing it come out of their mouth, right? When you hear it straight from them. Those Reading. are one of those stories that you, you nah, that ain't, that ain't how that happened. But it's had to tell legit. Yeah, when you, when you hear it, when they're talking about it, because you could tell, reading it, you read all what happened to them, what they've been through, but then when you hear it from them, you kind of like what, what really was their, what their struggle was, right? Yeah. What got to them, what didn't. And um, we didn't even get into the weeds, like when he was growing up as a kid, how tough that had to be. Yeah, that's kind of I man. Growing up with a facial deformity like that—that's a—that's a tough road. No dude was inspiring, man. He was twenty-two, man. Twenty-two. Yeah. Just, I mean, he's just a kid. He's a young guy. Yeah. He's a kid. And it seems like he's got it way more figured out than I do. <laughs> that's kind of Golly. a depressing thing the way to look at that. But <laughs> no, man. I mean, at twenty-two, look at everything that he's accomplished already. At twenty-two, I was, I was still trying to oh, figure yeah. out how to get man, out. Of we college. had to join the SEAL teams and go get. Bust it up just to get half the knowledge a guy would spit out in the last 30 minutes. Jake, man, thank you again. Never stop living. Follow your dreams and whatever it is that comes in that head of yours, obviously you can see it just as plain as day. So thank you for kind of being that shining light for some of us when we need our motivation. Yeah, absolutely, Joy. And thanks for sharing your, sharing your afternoon with us. If you want to be the first one to know when we drop a new episode, then you need to make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can press the purple subscribe button on Apple Podcast or any other major podcast player to be notified the moment we release a new episode. The show is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any other podcast player. We've got a ton of great episodes and had some incredible guests along the way, including Chris Cassidy, The Wim Hof, and Mike Ritland. If you're already following us on Facebook and Instagram, you know we keep our followers up to date. With new gear, new sales, new guests, new events, and tons of other stuff you're not going to find anywhere else. If you're not following us yet, then you should be. You're missing out. Follow us at team underscore never quit. You can also keep up with Marcus at Marcus Latrell, Morgan at Mojo Latrell, and me at Andrew Brockenbush on Instagram. And Jake, welcome to the team. Out here, buddy. We're out. Out. Out.